Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis. Uh, get this show wherever you get your your podcast from, iTunes, uh, any kind of droid app, uh, Stitcher, or pulphockey.com. You can get it on there. Tell a friend. Recommend it. Pass it on. We really appreciate it. As I said, I'm Steve Mathis, but the guy you really want to hear from, the guy that really knows all the stuff about hockey, TSN broadcaster, former NHLer, Ray Ferrar. What's up, Ray? How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, back home and... Um, just hanging out a little bit. Um, watched a couple of games earlier tonight, and got the Canucks and Edmonton PVR'd, and yep. um, we'll pick up that after we're finished. And I have that uh, going on in front of me. I was uh, was oh, I was uh, earlier trying to watch the Bruins, but I can't stand Jack Edwards, so I switched off of that. Um, okay. So, yeah. Well, that'll do that. <laughs> I By just, the way, I, that's a that's a better idea here. Instead of PVR in it and watching it later, uh-huh. why don't I watch a dang thing now yeah, while I'm talking to you? Because exactly. then I don't have to listen to you. Right? right. Perfect. McDavid had a nice one earlier, so it'll all work yeah, out. Yeah, I, I, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. So um, no, I'm good. I'm all. I'm now. I'm. I'm I feel like I'm in a any, modern world right now anything you could do to get away from me talking about the leafs you're down you're well you're, I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid we'll probably get there <laughs> we'll we will we will because it's officially panic but i'm dusting the panic button off I, i'm not hitting it no I'm, you shouldn't hit it no you should I, i'm dusting it off you should know where it is right you yes know? yes okay i think every every fan should know where their team's panic button is yeah. just in case yeah you just never know I, I, it's dusting i'm trying to dig through the to the drawer to find it because it's it's getting a little dire. Um, hey, let's uh, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Uh, also, I gave you an assignment for this podcast. I wanted your couple of your most underrated players that you watch game in and game out that guys like me aren't talking that much about, or even the mainstream media aren't talking as much about. You, you, Datsuk is retired, so it can't be him anymore because uh, he would go on about right. him. But <laughs> we'll look into some other guys. Even though Datsuk was a superstar, you still couldn't get enough of him. Ever. <laughs> no, he was he was my guy. Actually, one of my uh, one of my kids today was asking me. We we're just playing a little bit of road hockey, and he was asking me who my favorite player is. And I said, "Oh, it's you know, it used to be Pavel Datsuk. He used to play for Detroit." And, yeah. Um, and then you know we t- we started to talk about some of the guys that you know, like we live in Vancouver, yeah. and you know, certainly uh, Elias Pettersson is. Um, you know, is is somebody that I've really enjoyed watching in the first half of the year. I'm, yep. You know, I'm, I I do enjoy watching Marner play. Um, I like the guys that have skill that can make. You know, who doesn't like watching McDavid play? Right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like so, I I like the guys that are that are like that that can, you know, make you stand up and out of your you know out of your chair. Mm-hmm. Another one I would say is David Pasternak. Yeah. I just I love watching him play. I think he's a 
a fantastic player. He is, he is. So we'll get to your underrated players in a little bit. Uh, something I wanted to touch on off the top, we saw an NHL and NHLPA joint statement today. They're meeting in Vegas the last uh, few days about some CBA stuff, and, and, and Gary Bettman came out and gave us pretty promising, you know, uh, take on how everything's pretty good and he's not, you know, he's not angry about anything. Uh, but the, the statement basically said, hey, look, we're not going to have a World Cup in 2020. You know, we're going to work through an agreement, um, work on future uh, international participation and a future World Cup and all this. And for me as a guy, I know Alan Walsh was on our show earlier and he's very pessimistic. But the fact that they teamed up for a statement, I mean, that's a good thing. I'm not missing a World Cup. But I didn't. I'm not missing that. So. No, I'm, I mean, the the problem with the World Cup is, you know, people viewed it. And we're correct to view it as a contrived event. Um, it didn't have the juice of the Olympic participation, which people have grown accustomed to. Now, mm-hmm. last Olympics, of course, in last February, there was no NHL players. And the the problem with the Olympics, the, the, the World Cup, is that the NHL and the NHL players get nothing for it. Yeah. So the, that's great. You can... You can play in the Olympics, and it's awesome to play for your country. And you know, to in the you know the spectacle that is the Olympics and the experience of it. But you're providing entertainment for some other organization to make all kinds of money off of. And in the Winter Olympics, the hockey is by far the headliner. Mm-hmm. So that's what the World Cup is about. Is that their, their idea is that if you were able to have the best players playing for their countries um, in the, in the world cup that you would, you know, people would be entertained and engaged and you would also be able to, um, to make money profit for the NHL, the NHL PA. And that's exactly what they're talking about. And they weren't able to, um, you know, they weren't able to come to an agreement. I think a lot of it is that, the last time, if you remember, Steve, the the World Cup ended, and the next day there was a lockout. Yes. Like, literally the next day. And so they're not going to put themselves in that position again. Is it the, As I mentioned, they came out with the joint statement, and they're talking in Vegas. Uh, is that... That's good, right? Well, or no? yeah. I mean, okay. it's certainly good that, um, uh, you know, that the sides are, are discussing stuff. Um, you know, the... The part about the pessimistic part is that um, never have they been able to negotiate a long way in advance and come to any sort of meaningful progress, right? Yeah, like it's yeah, always yeah, it's, taken it's, a deadline of some sort. Yeah. Even after they've gone on lockout, it's um, it's gone to, you know, the 11th hour. Never does a, has, um, have we seen a, a settlement come yep. in advance of of the lockout deadline. So I, I mean, I, I think it's great that they're discussing it. I'm I'm glad that there are some areas of headway mm-hmm. that that they're able to you know to to at least chip away at. I just you know I I don't have any I don't have any reason to be pessimistic, but I don't think I've got any reason okay. to be super optimistic either. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I mean, okay, let me ask you I'm this: kind of neutral so far. Did they ever have these kind of talks before a before a reopening of a CBA before that you can remember? That's where I was getting a little bit of optimism from. Like I'm like, I don't remember them meeting this early before. It always seemed like a big fight. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say that there there certainly has been um, more. Um, more communication early mm-hmm. than than there's been in the past. Yeah, like that. That I don't think there's any question. Right. Right. So now, does it does it mean that they're making progress, or does it mean they're you know they're they're agreeing on three things that don't really matter, and there's you know one pebble in the shoe that you can't get rid of? I mean, because yep. you know we've seen in the past that you know if there's one significant issue. And that's what you have. Then there is no, you know, there is no agreement. And mm-hmm. then you, once one thing gets stopped, then it goes backwards. And okay, so you don't agree on that. Well, then we're not going to agree on this. And then you've got two problems. Yeah. And then yeah. pretty soon you've got, you know, you've got a mess. Yeah. It's had an incredible offside coaches challenge offside review in the Canucks. Okay, so I'm going to go on a little rant here. Okay. I did this on my What's Bugging Ray segment on okay. um, on TSN last night, which was the, the Leafs game, yeah. or I guess it was two nights ago. Two nights, yeah. So I, I don't agree with a video review of an offside on a couple of fronts. One is, I think if you took the cameras off the blue line, we wouldn't have the challenges – over whether a guy's skate is in the air or not, mm-hmm. or whether he's a half an inch offside or not. Like, I think those would disappear because you won't challenge because you might end up with a, um, with a power play against. Say mm-hmm. you, you get it wrong, yeah. the goal goes in, yeah. now you get a power play against. That's number one. So I would, I would look at taking the cameras off the blue lines. When the coaches say, oh, you know, we, um, uh, we challenge – and we accept the challenge because you know we want to get them all we want to get them right all the time but that's bogus because there are plays i can guarantee you that are called offside that if you went back and looked at it they weren't offside yeah 100% right and, yeah and so that i mean just out of sheer numbers it has yeah. to be right. and so you're not getting it right all the time so the the canucks got burned here on goal that you know i'd have to look at it closer but it looked pretty damn close to yeah, me yeah like uh, you know they challenged so they must have had a good look and uh, you know I, I don't have the volume up so i couldn't hear what the what the mm-hmm. commentators were saying but anyway a power play goal got wiped off the board for the canucks i don't i also don't think it should be an open-ended challenge once you're in the zone it should be like a delayed penalty if the defending team touches the puck that wipes away any challenge it's, because that means yeah. you've had enough time to get set. Yeah, this is all great common sense stuff. I I don't understand why it's not like this. Uh, yeah, well, it's you know so, it, this rule was put in, and none of it was to get the offside that's a half an inch off. Right. It was to get the ones that were major offsides, like you know, a hundred years ago, Matt Duchesne scored on a goal. He was a ten feet <laughs> offside. Yeah. I know. So, right. First of all, that's like a unicorn, right? It never yeah. happened, yeah. but it happened once. So they put this rule in, but that was what the rule was intended for. 
if they took the cameras off the blue line, that's what you would be looking mm-hmm. for. Instead of every time a goal is scored, right away, you see the coaches look down at their feet because yep. there's a big monitor there. Right. That's the first thing they do. Yep. And I just don't agree with it. Yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I would think most fans are, are like you. And, and that's why I don't understand, like, we're in, are we in year two of this or year three of this? And it's like every fan feels pretty much that way, like, Hey guys, like this is this is ridiculous. The guy's skate was you know a, a millimeter, two millimeters off the ice. Like that, you know, it's the old catch rule in the NFL. You know, and they finally fixed it a little bit. Well, but. yeah, but here here's another example. You know, I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan, mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah. And so now you you they challenge almost any slide into a base, and it is amazing after. You're sitting there at home watching on your 70-inch TV, and you can stop it and rewind it, and then you get the replays, and they blow it up, all of that stuff. And you go, I can't really tell. Yeah. And then when you look at it again and again and again, you go, huh, the umpire got it right. It's amazing how mm-hmm. good they are. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if – the re- I guess because we have the technology, you have to use it. I just don't know that it's – been any great shakes of improvement for the game yeah i'm with you on that and well even baseball is muddying the waters by having the guy lift off the base because he's been running at you know 15 miles an hour and he can't stop himself and his finger comes off the base and you hold your tag as you know as as the fielder and then uh, you're out like how if they actually enforce that over the years how many less stolen bases would ricky henderson have or any of the great guys right like I mean, come well, on. I mean, the rules of Jake, do you remember some of the old double plays? They'd yeah. Say, oh, yeah, that's the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, well, the neighborhood. neighborhood was pretty damn big. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on a little bit. So, as we talked about, your underrated players, the guys that you don't feel get enough attention, and even they could be some stars of the game, but they still don't get enough attention in your eyes. You're just you're fans of them. Give us a couple of guys that, that you think. Well, I went through and – you know, there's a whole bunch of guys that yeah. could probably use a little bit more love than what they get. I picked four, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to start with Victor Arvidsson in Nashville. Um, he's a fantastic player. Um, he's small, uh, which is probably why he was a fourth-round pick in 2014. Um, but he's fast. He's aggressive. I first saw him in Milwaukee in the American Hockey League, and I'm like, man, this guy is good. He's really strong mm-hmm. on the puck. He can really shoot. He's fast. So the last two years, he's got 31 and 29 goals. This year, he's got 17 goals in 24 games. That kid is a player, mm-hmm. and um, he is really underrated in Nashville. Another guy's in Nashville is Matthias Ekholm. And with all the great defensemen that they've had in Nashville, it's pretty easy to get lost. And Ekholm would be one of these guys. He, too, is a fourth-round pick. So there's Nashville. A fourth-round pick in 2014 is Ardvidsson. Uh, Fourth-round pick in 2009 is Matthias Ekholm. And there is more offense there than you get from Ekholm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there is, um, there's a guy that can produce some points. They don't need him to do that. They don't want him to do that. They mm-hmm. want him to defend. And so the offense really isn't there for him. Um, the, like, the numbers aren't yeah. there. But he's big. He's rangy. He's a great skater. Um, he might be... He might be the as underrated a defenseman as there is in the NHL. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I think he's a fantastic player. Um another one is Timo Meyer um in San Jose. Now Meyer's not, you know, 
not like Arvidsson and Echo. Meyer's a first-round pick. Yeah. He was a first-rounder in uh, 2015. I think he was ninth overall. Yep. But he quietly has got uh, 18 goals already this year in San Jose. He had 21 last year. But he's big. He can really shoot. He can skate. He can grind the game. Or he can, um, he can score on the rush. And uh, as... San Jose has done an amazing job over the last 10 or 15 years under Doug Wilson of incorporating younger guys while they have this older core. Mm -hmm. The older core changes from those young guys moving to older and then being able to... um, uh, being able to produce the younger guys them in, yeah. to help support the older guys. Yep. It's really been quite a brilliant job um, by Wilson. And Timo Meyer would be another guy I don't think a lot of people um, would get would get it, would have a lot of knowledge on. Now, so a lot of a lot of this probably is guys are in a smaller market. Yep. And and I would say that's the case with with Meyer as well. The last guy is Sean Monahan, and uh, in Calgary. Um, you know, when you talk about the Flames and all the goals they score, it's Johnny Goudreau. Mm-hmm. Uh, that line is is one of the best lines in the league. Uh, Elias Lindholm, um, uh, Sean Monahan, and Johnny Goudreau. And Goudreau is just, uh, you know, is a dynamic yeah, he's, player. He's, he's great. just amazing. Yeah. But but Sean Monahan, who was a first round pick of Calgary as well, um, he's got fifty seven points in forty seven games coming into tonight. Like just. Uh, just an outstanding season. He's strong and um, smart and mm-hmm. he's productive. Uh, he doesn't say a whole lot. There used to be a great Twitter account <laughs> yeah. boring Sean Monahan, <laughs> yeah. which was great. just outstanding. Um, but he scored as I'm looking this up. So I'm like, I want, you know, his, he's so consistent. Mm-hmm. So he scored 22 goals as a rookie. As I'm looking it up, 22 goals as a rookie. He's never been under 27 since. Yeah. Pretty damn good that's a, in this day and age. That's amazing. Yep. yep. And um, I, I would say those are those are four guys, an example of guys that are um, pretty underrated that could probably use a little bit more publicity. And even Monaghan, he's in a you know Canadian city where it's so big and everything else. You still feel like people aren't talk like people aren't focusing on him as much as they they need to be. People, people be. don't call. People don't talk about Calgary much. Yeah. Calgary's a smaller market. It's a quieter NHL market, I would say. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I, I I don't know that a lot of people would give Calgary the their due for how good they are, and I'm certainly not thinking that Sean Monahan gets yeah. uh, gets enough publicity. Yeah, no, uh, well said. Well, everybody can keep their eye on those guys and and, and know that Ray's uh, a fan of them and also uh, needs to get more press about for these dudes for sure. Uh, Arvidsson and Ekholm, as you mentioned, predators. Well. They've had some injuries. Subban was out. Uh, Arvidsson was out. Um, a few other guys have missed some time with injury, and they were kind of. They started off strong. They started off great. And then they kind of faded with the injuries and everything else. Well, now the last little bit, man, they are back on fire. Two points behind the Jets, and uh, obviously um, the Jets are had a really consistent, really good season. Nashville's kind of been up, and then a little bit like say five hundred, and now they're coming back on. Who do you like out of those two teams? What do you think this is? We talked about last week, the dog days of the series uh, season, and uh, things are going on. But do you like Preds to take take over that spot in Central? Or uh, I, li- I like Nashville a lot. Yeah. I I like their depth. I like um, I like their goaltending. I you know UC Soros is starting to push Pekka Rene a little bit, and I think that's um, 
that can only be a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not a fan of when you have two goalies that are about the same and nobody knows who's the starter because players start to pick a side. And I think you need one clear-cut starter. That's Rene. But the fact of the matter is Soros' game has improved and he gives them a, a real depth that they haven't had in the past. So I thought when... Nashville was in the cup finals. They just, they ran, uh, Rene ran out of gas a little bit. He had a couple of clunkers. Um, I think if, um, if Soros can play more, that keeps Rene in better form later in the season because I, I think they're going to be there late. Yeah, it'll be an interesting race. It's really a two-team race, too, right? Like, looking at that, they're just like, it's, it, these guys are, and they played, oh, man, they played some great games last year. Fantastic games, the Jets and the Predators, man. So I don't know how many yeah, times and they're you know they're built a little different, but um, I do. I'm, I I will say that I'm really interested in what the Jets do at the deadline. Mm-hmm. I think they'll try to add a centerman to try and replace Paul Stastny um, that left to go to Vegas as a as a free agent. Um, I think they'd be interested in a left-handed defenseman, maybe a guy like Jake Muzzin. Um, it would be in play. Muzzin's going to get a lot of attention from from teams around the league uh in los angeles so um i don't think there's a whole lot to to choose between them uh but i would you know i would side slowly um uh or quietly to nashville i think um all right let's get on to the leaf shall we um a little bit of a bump in the road as we talked about Getting a little worried here. Freddie Anderson is back. That's a good thing. They lost the other night. Um, I wasn't. I had the game on in the background while I was doing one of my shows, so I wasn't totally plugged into it. But they didn't. They got yeah, outshot they badly. Good. Yeah, they got outshot badly, and, and yeah. weren't very good. The lines are being juggled. I read uh, today by Mike Babcock. Um, a little bit of some slumps too going on with some guys. Uh, Kadri being one of them. I couldn't believe his his slump he's been in lately for the last twenty six games or something or whatever it is. Um, where are you at on them, Ray? Well, they've they've lost their mojo for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just um, kind of a general malaise that's gone through their team. And you know, you you talk about some of the guys that haven't scored in a while. It's one in ten for Matthews. Um, I think two in twenty-seven now for Kadri. Mm-hmm. No points in nine games for for Marlow. Um, Par Lindholm was not supposed to score a lot. <laughs> he scored the other day, and they yeah. had it wiped out by an offside. Um, and, and he's zero and thirty six or seven, um, you know. Like they, yeah. they've got some guys that are they're really struggling, and I, I think it. You know, I think if I were to to try and generalize, you know, things went so well early, including mm-hmm. the power play. I mean, it just they looked like they were going to score a million goals. Yeah, and then, you know, even when they were playing poorly, they were just better than everybody else. And the problem is. If you continue to play like that and you continue to win, it's really hard to stay sharp. And you win games that you probably shouldn't have won, um, whether you bailed out by a goalie who Freddie Anderson had an amazing start to the year mm-hmm. or you score enough goals to win. Eventually that, you know, that rubs off and it's not there anymore. And for, for Toronto, um, they're just nowhere near as good a team as they were you know, a month ago. Yeah, I don't know. If, and yeah, the, they got to get back to work. Yeah, they've you know they've changed the lines as you mentioned. I they went back to what they did last year with Matthews, uh, with Hyman and Nylander, and I like that because there's mm-hmm. a you know a year long success to them. 
I think Hyman's work will help Matthews, who's kind of lost his way a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if Andreas Johnson works alongside of Tavares and Marner, who um, that line hasn't budged all year, right? Yeah, like that line yeah, been the one that's great. stayed together. Mm-hmm. But then you get down to the third line, and you know, you've know you got Kapanen, who's had a very good year. He's got 15 goals now, and he's playing with two guys that have just completely shriveled up. There's just nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, uh, we'll see. Yeah, but they're uh, they're in Tampa, and sometimes you can get you know. You remember the old show, Scared Straight? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. may, maybe that's what happens. They're like, man, if we don't play, we get our asses kicked down here. So in Tampa, so oh. let's make sure we're ready to go. Bruins are one back. Habs are one back. Uh, it's just... Yeah, but Bruins have lost two in a row. Yeah. You know the the yeah. Canadians are a surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, I they they've played themselves backwards into a race right. for sure. Um, let's let's talk about the line juggling a little bit for you. So you've been a part of some really successful lines in in the Islanders and in Atlanta, and certainly maybe in Hartford. And as a player that's having success and things are rolling along, you do go up and down. And you spoke about that last week when you show up at the rink and you're on a different line. And what's the reaction like? for someone who's been successful and been working with the other two line mates and things are things, maybe, maybe things were a little, you know, not going the greatest, but do you, do you get your nose a bit bent out of joint? Are you like, Oh, okay. Two new guys. We'll figure this out. No, the first one. Okay. If you're, if your line's going well, you don't, you don't want it to, um, you don't want them to break it up. Okay. Like I think you understand why they are, Yep. but you're like, well, Man, I finally got my stuff figured out here. Like our line's good. Why break us up? Leave me alone. Or like right. break up somebody else. Yeah. And um, the, you know, of course, the the players looking at the you know the narrow focus, which is himself and mm-hmm. his line, and the the coach is looking at everything and yeah. trying to figure out the best way to um, you know to try and spark a team that has kind of lost their way. How how. How do you click with someone on the ice? Do, do, are you a believer that it like okay? So you juggle the lines. How long as a coach do you stay with them, and how long as a player before you get frustrated with them? Like, how, how, where's the chemistry come in? Sometimes, obviously, it's automatic. Sometimes, it's not. How long do you go and and be like, oh, we need to do something else? Well, the player doesn't have anything to say about it, right? Um, you know, I mean, sometimes you. Um, you know, you you get put on a line, and immediately it just works. Yep. And there's no real rhyme or reason for it. It just it just does. Mm-hmm. And and so you know, like I, you know, one of the best lines I played on was with with the Islanders with Benoit Hogue and Pat Flatley. And you know, I didn't know Hoagie very well. He had mm-hmm. just come over in a trade from Buffalo, and we started to play together. I knew Flats would be amazing in the corners. I mean, that was, and on the boards, that was the strength of his game. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I didn't even really know what to think. We'll start playing. And then we sure. scored. And yeah. then the next game was okay. And pretty soon you're like, man, this works pretty good. And then there's other times you get put on a line and you're like, this, this is going to be great. Yep. And it, it just isn't. And one example was when I was in New York um, with the Rangers, I played with Robitaille and Kovalev. Man, amazing players. Yeah, it was just it was a struggle because Kovalev Al played a completely different style of game than Luke and I played. Right. 
And when they would flip the lines, they'd flip right wingers. We would get Pat Verbeek, yep. and they'd move Kovalev to Adam Graves and, and uh, Messier. Mm-hmm. And then our line worked better that way. Like we needed the, you know, the grit, the, yeah, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the punch the, in the nose. You needed a flat lay. You needed a flat lay. Right. You needed a flat lay yeah. guy. And, yeah. You know, and you know, and, and Kovalev was, a, you know, certainly a way better player than I was. Mm-hmm. And but it just didn't work. And but when I found out I was playing with Kovalev, I was like, "Damn, this is great." <laughs> yeah. At first, you were you like, know, "Sweet." <laughs> and then it just didn't work. Yeah. Do players go into the office and I mean they can voice it right? They can go into the well, coach. It depends who the player is. Yeah, but you could sometimes uh, as a vet guy. Uh, well, not with the Rangers. I mean, I <laughs> okay. I didn't feel like I had that right. cachet there. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly if if Mark Messier wanted different line mates, he got different line mates. Okay, so that was that leads me to so can Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews go in and be like, oh yeah, yeah, we yeah, need we need change for sure. Okay, yeah, but I I would think that you know. It, it's also better or easier to go in and um, talk to the coach or request something a little different when um, uh, when you're going well. Mm-hmm. Right. When you're when you're not, it's pretty hard to say. Hey, you know what? I could use a couple of different line mates. Right. <laughs> hey, listen. It's not me. It's them. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not me. Know, like that's basically what you're saying. <laughs> right, right. Right. Are you sure Kovalev issue wasn't the fact that he was staying up for two or three shifts? There's that famous story of. <laughs> yeah. No, that was the year before. <laughs> right. Uh, or two years. Two years before, rather. The cup final, right? And, yeah. Yeah, and Cups so I, I don't. No, the the difference was, Kovi wanted to hang on to the puck, mm-hmm. and his cycle was basically a one-man cycle and he just <laughs> held on to the puck and, uh, it, it, and we're uh, skating around in a circle and you're like man this is you guys are offside all the time man offside yeah, just all the happening. time We'd, you know yeah. kobe would beat the same guy three times and you're like you already beat him let's head it over to the net right? can we go forward forward kobe right yeah. um yeah it's interesting to see like i i think as a player i'd I'd find it frustrating if you were doing well and then the coach is like, look, the other guys aren't doing well, so we're switching it up. And you're like, yeah, but wait, things are going, you know, it's ultimate yeah, coaches. No, you don't yeah. say that. Right, it right, just right. happens. It just, it just happens. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if the Leafs can, yeah, they're in Tampa. And, uh, oh, man. Yep, like I said, I'm getting a little worried. So, Well, it'll, but it's, um, it's a game that, as I said, can be, can be one where all of a sudden they, they start to play mm-hmm. the way you imagine they do. Desperate, maybe a little bit too, yeah, you know. Um, hey, so uh, a little bit of uh, uh, sad news in the NHL. Rick Nash, uh, long-time uh, great player for for a few different teams, Rangers and Columbus and Boston. Uh, he had to hang it up, concussion concussion issues, which we knew in the summer he had declined, you know, a couple of deals and was going to see how he felt and everything else. Uh, decided to hang it up, over 1,000 games played, over 400 goals scored. Uh, Nash at his prime was pretty unstoppable. Yeah, what a, you know, he was a slick and strong and gigantic and a true power forward. Mm-hmm. And there was uh there were times when Nash was among the league's best goal scorers. Um, you know, he scored an amazing goal for Canada in a world championship that kind of cemented his place as a um, you know, a Canadian international player. Mm-hmm. Um, sad that his career comes to an end um with a concussion. Um, 
sad because the career ends, but also sad because clearly he's got issues to deal with. Yep. Yep. You know, and so that's that's the part that really bugs me um, to hear about it, and and also that you know in the international game there's no such thing as an accidental hit to the head. A hit to the head is a penalty, even if it is an accident. The rule book doesn't treat it that way, and in Canada or in the NHL yeah. they don't look at it like that. There can be accidental or incidental head contact. Uh, I just mm-hmm. I think it's time that. You know, they start to do a little bit of research more to perhaps head down the road that the IIHF calls their their yeah. games with. I mean, it's getting there. It's certainly a lot better than when you played, that's for sure. But, yeah. Well, yep. oh, for sure. Yep. I mean, yep. the game has changed a great deal. Now, the, the, the speed of the game, you know, allows for so many more collisions. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they might not be as frequent as they used to be when guys were finishing their checks all the time. Now you can't finish a check as much on a four check because by the time you, you get there, the puck's already long gone. Mm-hmm. The guys are too fast. Right. Yep. yep. Um, so if, if the guys collide now, it's at a way higher speed because there's less interference. There's less traffic on the ice because it's more of a free flow game. And so, um, I, I don't think, in, in my world, I don't think you can ignore the fact that guys are retiring more frequently because of concussion or concussion-like symptom, symptoms. Mm-hmm. And the collisions they have, while maybe not as frequent, have more force. Yeah. And that really is, it's not the biggest hits all the time. It's the, what they call sub-concussive hits. So just lots of little bumps. And because they're happening at higher speeds, guys are in danger. It's like in football, we all see the big, you know, crashing hit on the receiver coming across the middle. But the guys that have, but not just some of the guys, but a lot of the guys that have had these issues are linemen. And just think of how many times in a game they smack their helmet on another lineman's helmet on the defensive or offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, that's something that just can't be ignored. Uh, you did the Avalanche and Leafs game the other day, as you said, uh, in, uh, in Calgary, Nathan McKinnon, uh, lost it on his coach, um, a few nights before that. I, I thought it was funny. He fell off the bench, which probably made him feel like he probably got really razzed about that. But what's your yeah. take on that? I mean, I thought more to myself. I'm like, that probably happens all the time. Not like that. Oh, uh, no. Okay. Because, yeah. Um, you're, you're not, I mean, that's a hundred percent, uh, McKinnon's fault. And it's, it's because you cannot yell and make a spectacle, you know, yeah. publicly with yep. your coach. If you want to go in the, in the coach's office and argue with them, have at it. Happens, that happens way more frequently. Okay. Now, I know that it's McKinnon's fault, and I don't know McKinnon, and I wasn't on the bench, but I know it was his fault because I did the same thing. And uh, I did it in the 93 playoffs with Al Arbor, and we had uh, – we were in Pittsburgh, it was game five, and we were down a goal, and they changed the face-off alignment, but nobody told me, I'm taking the draw. Right. And so um, Ronnie Francis, it was in the left corner in, the def- in their defensive zone, and he shot it forward, and Yager beat our guy to the puck because there was no defenseman there. Yep. And I didn't know that there was no defenseman there, and had I known, I would have taken the face-off in a way to prevent that mm-hmm. puck from going forward. Yep. However, Ron... 
Ronnie shot it forward, Yager got it, and they scored. And I went back to the bench, and I lost it. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, who the F was yeah. move the guys around? What's going on? And it was Al, and he, he said it was me, and then he benched me for the last eight minutes of the game. Really, huh? Yeah, yeah. And um, so after the game, we had a – I'll say we had a talk, but basically <laughs> my part of the talk was to apologize. And then after that, it was a monologue. <laughs> and it didn't go very well for me. Didn't go well. Um, no, there was there was no uh, there was no back and forth. On right, that. right. So okay, so you're you're breaking a little bit of a misconception that I had here. I assume, I mean, that was a gnarly one for sure. He was going at him. He was barking at him. I would think the players would lean back and and say some things here and there, but no, you're saying not really. No, no. Um, you might, you might, you know call the coach down and go, what the F is going on? Okay, yeah, yeah. But, but, not, yeah. but it would be in a one-to-one yeah. conversation. You're not, you're not turning around the coach's 15 feet away and yelling, what the hell are you doing? Right, yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which right. is basically what Well, there was an F-bomb in there, McKinnon but yes. Did, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so uh-huh. um, I liked that, you know, he apologized, said, man, I got back to my room and I was already feeling bad and yeah. then I saw it and, he, you know, he was embarrassed and he knew that it wasn't right. And, um, and he said he didn't well, even go eat, right? He said he didn't even yeah. go down to the meal. <laughs> yeah, they're they're frustrated. Um, they lost again tonight to Ottawa. Yeah. And um, you know, after winning in Toronto, so what have they? They've got uh, two wins in their last twelve games. And this Western Conference, I, I hesitate to call it a playoff race since nobody's <laughs> winning. Yeah. Um, but you know, Anaheim. Uh, um, Anaheim's they've lost twelve in a row, you know, oh eight and four and yeah. um you know, Colorado's well, back their way back and you know, Edmonton and Edmonton's gone win loss, win loss for all games in December yeah. or in January rather. Um they're tied tonight, so they're they're not far away from doing it again. <laughs> um so yeah. you know, Vancouver's still in there. Hell, Saint Louis is back in it. Yeah, I saw that. You know, I, I couldn't like, believe how did that? I right. saw they were three points out, and I'm like, I wonder how that happened. There, there's there's five teams. There's three spots that just anybody want them. Does anybody want them? You know, well, like yeah. And the crazy part is, if you're one of those five, if you can go on a month long run, you can probably solidify your spot. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it uh, it's crazy. Uh, I agree. Um, hey, so uh, I didn't bring this up in our pre-show notes, but so uh, Bobrovsky from Columbus uh, gets pulled against the Lightning, uh, has another bad game against them, gets pulled. Um, apparently, the, the story is is that he just went in the dressing room and got dressed and wasn't ready. You know, he showered and everything else while the game was still going on, which reminds me of some all-star games, apparently, with Burray and Hall back in the day when they did that. But um, they, Blue Jackets suspended him for a game, and it's all good. Obviously, it's a UFA. We've touched on that, all of that. He's a UFA and, and everything. But what's your take on that whole situation and the punishment and everything else? Well, he, he's wrong. I mean, you get pulled out of the game. You can't bail on your team. Mm-hmm. And he goes and gets changed. I mean, what happens if Corpusalo got hurt? Yeah, like can you imagine? Job, man. Yeah, yeah. And you're pay, you're being paid seven million dollars to do your job, mm-hmm. and he didn't do it. And so I, the suspension, I thought once I learned the story was like, yeah, that's fine, right? Is you it, know, like that's that's not going to endear him to Columbus. And if I were Columbus, I'd want to know from him, hey, are you in or out? Right. Like you've already told us you're not going to sign. Yep. We get it. But are you in or out? Because if he's not in. 
then you're best off to play Corpus Allo, even if he's not the goalie that Bobrovsky is, mm-hmm. and try to move Bobrovsky. Right, right. Like you're, be- you would be better, way better off to do that. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Right, and there's uh, definitely teams that could use him. So he's got a no trade, but you know if things are bad, he'll waive that. I would imagine. Oh, so, yeah. I I can't imagine if if they came to him with a with a potential deal. Yeah. I can't imagine that he wouldn't say, "Yeah, okay, I'm interested." Yeah, yeah, get me out of here. Um, Paul Pocky podcast, uh, paulpocky.com with uh, Ray Ferraro. Get it on uh, iTunes and Android and uh, paulpocky.com, of course, Stitcher app as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, a few more things, and then uh, we'll let you go, Ray. So. The Habs are definitely a surprise right now, and I yeah. find it funny. Like, I just read too much, right? I, I don't know how much you read in the summer, and you, I got to stay away from this stuff in the summer. Like, there were so... In the summer, I'm playing golf. Yeah, you are. You're right. Yeah, um, I can vouch for that. Um, there's so many stories in the summer about what a clown show Bergevin is and, and what a Habs, what are they doing? And Shea Weber's missing, you know, the first three months and they are buried and they're done and this trade sucks and they suck and you start believing it and, and, and you know, it's just, all that stuff. Like, you just never know it. And they're playing well right now. I mean, obviously things could fall apart here, but um, I just remember reading so many articles in the summer about how terrible Montreal was going to be. Yeah, for sure. And what I say is, you can read and read and read, but this is where you know, you've got to take the information and make your own choice. Because if somebody else is telling you how to think, how can that be? Mm-hmm. So I didn't pick Montreal for a playoff team. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see their offense being like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, given the fact that Weber was going to be out till about December 1st, turned out he got back just a few days earlier, but... I mean, you're like, well, how the hell are they going to play? Yeah, they're they're yeah. Who's going to score? They, yeah, who's going to score? Who's you know they trade Galchenyuk, they get Domi back, and they're going to play Domi in the middle. And of course, the last reference point is trading for Jonathan Drouin and putting him in the middle, and mm-hmm. that was a train wreck. Yep. And so you're like, well, how can this work? But Bergevin said one thing, and he said we have to change the attitude of this team, and so. The two players he traded, Galchenyuk and Max Pacioretty, were always involved in almost any story there seemed to be. A lot of it for Pacioretty because he's the captain. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a very good year last year, so he becomes the focal point of just about everything. I'm I'm on the radio in Montreal twice a week. We must have talked about... Alex Golchenyuk as a centerman or a winger three times a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So, right. like, there's always drama around them, around them both there. Now, it's turned out that the deals have been really good for Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Thomas Tatar has had a rebound. He came in the Pacioretty deal. Um, you know, Domi's yep. had a fantastic first 50 games. Yep. Um, even though he just, I think he got his first goal in 18 the other night, but he's, he's been terrific for them. So everything that they said they hoped for has happened. They've, they've played faster. They've, they don't go D to D as much as they did in the past. Now the puck, they get it and it goes up the wing or up the middle. They attack with more speed. It's been really impressive to watch. And of course, Carey Price has found his form after about six weeks of stumbling around at the start of the year. Um, he's been outstanding um you know amazing since about the time that weber came back um yeah you know that's that's about six weeks now and he's been 
He's been terrific. Yeah, imagine that, right? When Weber comes back, he plays a little. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, God, and in case anybody's wondering, Weber's still got a really good shot. And if anybody's oh, wondering, yeah, he does. oh my God, I saw a couple of his goals recently. I'm just like, holy shit. Uh, and Brendan Gallagher, nice rebound season. Like, yeah, 100%. Galley's a, yeah. a friend. Um, yep. I know him here from Vancouver. He's a, an amazing kid. He's got just boundless energy. Um, he's a feisty little bugger. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, he scores most of his goals from about four feet. And he fights like hell, and he gives them a, a real shot in the arm of, uh, of adrenaline and mm-hmm. guts and courage almost yep. every night. Uh, so the attitude has been changed in Montreal. And it I'm looks gonna, like it. Sure looks like it. And I'm going to stop reading those articles. Like, seriously. Yeah, you can read them, but just take them for what they are. It's somebody's opinion. I'm just going to call you. Can I just call you all summer? Well, if I'm on the golf course, you know how that's going to go. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, look, I, I know you hate doing this stuff, but who's your cup finalist right now? You're right. I do hate doing this. I know. Tampa uh, Bay, I'm right? I'm going to say Tampa and Nashville, and I hate picking that because it seems, like, yep. obvious. Yep. Um, and things don't seem to be obvious. You know, like, they're... Just when you think you've got it figured out, it seems, you know, oh, here comes the overhand curveball. But, mm-hmm. you know, on January, the whatever the hell it is, what's today? Uh, eight, 16th. 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 Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick those two teams. All right, that'll work. Um, I'll go Leafs. Oh, come on. Vegas. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, uh, would that be your favorite? I know, right? I'd be broke again. I would be broke yeah. again. Um Went and saw the, the Knights game, uh, San Jose, the other night. It was really spirited. San Jose started slow. I thought it was going to be a blowout, and they rebounded with a couple of quick goals in the third, and it got good, and, and they won, and, and it was a really good game. It was cool to, cool to go to. I I watched Thornton a lot. I watched Joe Thornton a lot. I don't know why. I just watched him. He's he's not the quickest skater, Ray, but uh, he does a lot of cool things out there, like little s- s- small little plays that you're like, oh, look at that. You know what I mean? Like he'll, yeah. he'll go between it's, some he's legs. Always been, he's yeah. always been intriguing to me, Steve, mm-hmm. because he's, he's such a great passer, mm-hmm. and a lot of the plays he makes are just in these little tiny areas. Yep. Yep. And you're, they, they almost look like they shouldn't come off of his stick because he's so big. Yeah, yeah. And – you know, you know, now certainly after multiple knee surgeries and he's 40 years old, he doesn't go as quick as he used to. No, no. Man, can he still pass the puck. Yeah, he just does like shoulder fakes and head fakes and opens his blade and closes it and like just moves it around. You know, and... about, I think he's two goals behind me. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm hoping he goes into a prolonged slump. <laughs> Eric Stoll passed me last night. Uh... And so uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, Joe gets 30 assists going down <laughs> right. the stretch and no goals. Hopefully he doesn't get four in a game. Yeah, well, yeah, well, although I think we could all, all agree that would, that would be outstanding uh, um, just to hear him try to answer that. Yeah, absolutely, right? Uh, okay, we got some Twitter questions from people. Um, big weekend in the NFL coming up this weekend. And I know you follow this stuff, and I know you like the Patriots. Uh, so we got, we got Patriots in Kansas City to go for the AFC side, and we have the Rams in New Orleans on the other side. We got one, two seeds in both conferences. Who do you like? Well, can Andy Reid finally? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Not trip on the sidelines, like man, he gets. They've got such a good team. Yep. And um, I, I'm going to pick Kansas City, yep. even though Tom Brady was gross last weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, the guy is 40, right? Yep. Like, yep. 
But I'm, I'm going to take Kansas City, and I'm going to take New Orleans because they were lucky to win um, against Philadelphia. Like They didn't play very well. I yep. think they'll play much better this time around. Yeah, they got a little lucky that uh, Philly was driving. And uh, it was wasn't it was gonna be end well for them again. I thought I'm like oh boy. It, it really looked like it until the ball went through the receiver's right. hands and gets picked off. But I I'm thinking that New Orleans will play better. By the way, I I have my biggest pet peeve besides Jack Edwards is that the Canadian broadcasts on my NHL package are not in high def. So I don't watch a lot of Canadian broadcasts because I like high def, right? Unless I'm sure. forced to. So and or or if you're doing a game. I'll, I will watch that. But uh, I just noticed that Gord Miller has a Sobeys commercial. Yes, he does. I miss and, this. Um, and, and Cassie Campbell. We, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I like to give him a little flack for that because <laughs> if you watch, he's in a suit in a grocery store. Yep. When, you know, and, and I'm like, gee, you really get dressed up to go get groceries. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. The second thing, if you look at in one of the scenes, he's his basket is full of groceries, uh-huh. but there's no... They're all like just on the cart. Yeah, so, like, okay. He's got right. like peppers, and they're like on the cart. I'm like, don't you put them in a bag? He's like, don't, don't be like that. It's, stop it. I just, yeah. I, I've never seen this before. Like I said, I watch a lot of high def stuff. So I, huh, you know, what do you know? Um, all right, this day in Ray. Love this segment. It's so good. Uh, January what we got today. January sixteenth, nineteen ninety two. Of course, you remember it, right? I'm surprised. It would have been really creepy if you would have referenced this game tonight, like you did last week, where you were talking right. about the game. Uh, you had a good game uh, playing for the Islanders. You beat the Flyers four three, and uh, three assists for you. No goals, just playmaker, just Gretzky ish. Uh, three assists on the night, uh, plus three, two shots. Uh, you assisted on uh, Volek's goal. In the first period, you got uh, Steve Thomas's goal. You and Curvers assisted on Stevie Thomas's goal, and then uh, you've got the uh, Benoit Hogue in the third period uh, to clinch it with uh, Finley, Jeff Finley, and you. So three assists, just a, just setting them up. Now the three assists didn't happen very often. No, no, because I've been going through your games. They they do they don't happen often. They do not happen very often. So that's uh, that's one I should remember. Yeah. So no 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 go though, huh? No no goal, but I'll take the three helpers. Yep. I uh, you know that was. Uh... Um, that's a that's a good day. Rick talk at eight minutes and penalties in this game. Very angry. Yeah, right? that's every once in a while he could do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, big four uh, three win. Uh, and on the winner, you assisted on Hogue's goal and three assists plus three on the night. Good night for you. Yeah, I think it was an amazing play. <laughs> of course, right? Just <laughs> yeah. feathered it across. Right. Either that, or it hit my shin pad and bounced. Yeah, I did that. Uh, you know. The other day, I tweeted your game of the day and you got an assist on Volek's goal and someone said the second most famous Volek Ferraro goal yes could have been yeah. Yeah, the, first, the most famous one that was a nice pass now a lot of them I'm sure were right. beat up to a pulp so right right. so you'll take it right um, goalies were uh, Mark Fitzpatrick and uh, for the Islanders and uh, Hextall for you guys so Hexy all right let's get to some questions here at uh, Paul Pocky as no, all Hexy would have been for the Flyers Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was just Mark right. Patrick. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, I flipped. I was not looking, paying attention. Yep, right. Hexy Flyers. Mark Fitzpatrick. Uh, all right, here we go. So um, at Paul Pocky on Twitter, send these in, and uh, we'll try to get ready to to answer them each and every week. Uh, this guy is at Brendan Morrison's Lisp. Okay. Uh, okay. Can Ray divulge to what degree players' height and weight details are exaggerated? Like when Ray played, was he six two two thirteen? No, I was five ten, 
whatever, and I'm not 5'10", but once it went on there once, that thing's on there like cement. Right, I'm right. going to take it, letting them get it off. Um, <laughs> guys are always trying to doctor their weight. I don't think they worry about it so much anymore. I mean, I mean, there's. I watched Colorado walk in the other day, and I'm like, my God, these guys are tiny. Yeah. Right? So I, I don't think it's quite so much anymore. I don't think anybody really worries about it too much. There's guys in a league that are 160 pounds. Yeah. And that wasn't the case before. Before, you had to be bigger and you had to be heavier. Now it's just it's just not did, that way. Did I assume the teams, you know, did your measurables. So the teams would be the ones exaggerating? Who exaggerates this? How does it, how does it happen? Because there is that thing about the famous uh, – I think it was off the top of my head. I forget who it was. Flurry, maybe it was Flurry. Always listed as a couple inches taller, like his whole career or something. And yeah, I, I think a lot of it had to do, or you know, teams would not want their team to appear small. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, a five foot ten guy became six foot. A five foot eight guy or eight and a half guy like me became five ten. Yeah. And once it's there, it's there. Uh, at Hunter's Helmet, you have to work and travel with many different broadcasters. Who would be your nightmare hotel roommate? <laughs> um, anybody that's messy. Yeah. So I'm going to say Chris Cuthbert and I would not be good roommates. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> CC has got a he's... he's got a system, I think, <laughs> but it's nothing like mine. <laughs> I'm I am the type of guy, by the way, that when I leave my hotel room when I'm checking out. It's in really good shape. Like you make the bed? Well, I don't make okay, it, but I right. pull all the sheets up. I take all my whatever I've used for towels. I um, take the biggest towel, put the other ones inside, roll them up, close the toilet, and put them on the seat so the maid doesn't have to dig around. For Do you really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want I mean, she's got 100 rooms to do. She doesn't need to do that. Wow. That's and cool. so I, I, put, I usually put dump all the garbage into one garbage can. Oh my God! Are you OCD yeah, it's a, that it's way? An Just, issue. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely am. Uh, do you, uh, if you leave the hotel room, do you turn the TV off? Oh, I, I never turn it on. Okay, all right. Yeah, but I would always. I'm I'm a lights off. Yeah. TV off for sure. Right, right. Wow, that's crazy. I stay in hotels every weekend, as you know, and I don't do any of that. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I can't imagine you and I would be good roommates. That wouldn't happen. Uh, Eric Hafner says, uh, what's a fun story that came from sharing a building with another traveling show like NBA, Ringling Brothers, WWE, etc.? cetera? Uh, I did one of, an old podcast, and I might have been Man- Dave Manson before uh, I, we got together and, and did him, and I think it was Manson. One of them said they were in the building uh, the night before, the, and there's Van Halen playing, and they met the band, and they hung out with the band, and, and all of this. This is back in the 80s. Um, do you have anything like that? Um, the only thing I would say is uh, they used to play uh, games at Madison Square Garden at night, and the circus would be there in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so we're walking in for the game, and they're changing from the circus into the arena. Well, they got to wipe or they got to clean the elephant shit, yeah. right? And so they were hosing it down the ramp while we were walking up the ramp. And there are these little curbs that go up the ramp. So the arena at Madison Square Garden is on the fifth floor. Yep. And so we're walking up the ramp, and guys are you know, kind of walking up the sides and all this elephant crap is being hosed down the, um, 
hose down the, the middle. The middle, yeah. So we're, we're going through warm-up, and the rink's not ready. They're putting the glass up. It's just a mess, right? And somebody notices Kevin Deneen's not around, and he comes in just a few minutes before warm-up, and everyone's like, hey, where were you? And he's like, oh, sorry, man. I was talking to the little people in their dressing room. <laughs> and so like, what? Like, awesome. And we're like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, yeah, awesome guys. Yeah. So that's, that's what he was doing. He just ducked in there. Hey, guys. What's yeah, up? I guess like, because we're all dressing in the same area. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you, you're, you're Ray Ferraro, you play for the New York Islanders or Hartford Whalers or whatever. You got the sweet mustache in the Whaler days. Um, do you, can you get concert tickets because you just play out of that arena? Like, can you just get. Yeah, can, can, you would, you would always have access to buy them. Okay. Um, you know, like you, yeah. some we would get free, others, you know, you'd go, yeah, can I get tickets? And you'd have to purchase. But it would right. never be a problem. Like you could always go to any concert that you wanted to if you were in town. Yeah. 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 With for all your teams um, or? At home, at home, not on the road. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're at home, yeah. you know, concert the night before or whatever. So, um, Mark Perot says, what are Ray's thoughts on Carolina celebrations after a home win? Uh, we've covered this, but I thought, have you changed your mind? No, I, well, I don't know. I, I think they're goofy. I think they're silly, and the people like it. So I, I don't okay. care. Then, yeah. like you know, like it's I, I'm like the one where Justin Williams last week rolled his helmet like a bowling ball. Oh, I missed that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. oh yeah, yeah. All the guys met in the center. And yeah, he took off his helmet and like it was a bowling ball and <laughs> rolled it, and then everybody fell down like pins. And I'm like, damn, that's funny, and the people love it. When I did my my the game I did there when the when the Leafs were uh, playing, I was actually disappointed that the the, the Leafs won. The Leafs <laughs> won because I was like, man, I kind of want to see what they're going to do. And I I think there's nothing wrong with having a little fun if the guys are into it and the fans like it. Yeah, no problem. Joe nine one nine says, uh, can you get Ray to rank the dysfunctionality? Is that a word? Dysfunctionality of these three teams' ownership. Vancouver functionality. Yeah. Vancouver, Ottawa, Edmonton. Well, I, I would say Ottawa is in the lead. <laughs> yes. Um, I would say Edmonton is most involved. Um, and I would say Vancouver somewhere in the middle. Right. And, and it's not always a good thing when the owner's involved. No, no. <laughs> Uh, you know, so that that's one. You know, that's been a. You know, there's that's been an area of concern in Edmonton that, you know, too much tie to the past, not not enough moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mike DeKalb says uh, Ray's teams only got past the first round three times in his career. Which of those teams was the most well-rounded and had the best chance of a cup? Eighty-six Whalers, ninety-three Islanders, or O two Blues? Oh, O two Blues. Yeah, like like not even close. So. Right. You know, uh, our goaltending was an inexperienced Brent Johnson and Freddie Brathwaite. That was probably the the weakest part of a exceptional team. Um, but Al McGinnis went out with an eye injury, and then in the series with Detroit, we're losing two games to one, and, and they were an amazing team. But Chris Pronger went out with an knee injury. Mm-hmm. So like that that was two thirds of our defense. Yeah, like of our of our top three D was Chris Pronger and Al McGinnis. Yep. Right. Yep. So that was a that was a really good team. We had Pavel Dimitra and Keith Kachuk and Doug Waite and yeah. um, you know, very very good team. Just kind of ran out of players and 
ran up against one of the best teams in the last 20 years, and that was that 2 Detroit team. There was a span of three or four years where the Blues were, were loaded. They were, they were really yeah. good. They won the President's Trophy one year. And yeah, absolutely. They, they, in a lot of years, the, you know, they couldn't get a goalie to, to really stabilize it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh McKernan says, has Ray ever seen or heard of a player successfully pranking a referee? Thank you. That's an interesting no. question. No, no, he yeah, says yeah, no. You're not going to prank a ref. No. <laughs> okay, I thought that one might be actually applicable. Like, I thought there might have been something that could have happened. Yeah, no, no, that wouldn't, uh, that wouldn't be a smart idea. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, all right, um, last one here. Uh, Leanne Rain says, can Ray give us some insight on how players feel when the national anthems are long and drawn out, and which city has the best anthem singers? Well, when they're long and drawn out, you'll hear on the bench, move it along, <laughs> hurry it up. <laughs> Nobody's here for you. Yeah. You know, like, there's. I don't know what the right time is for an anthem. You know, like how much it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. But there are times you're like, as soon as you hear the first three notes, you're like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to be here for a long time. Um, as far as the best anthems, uh, I hate doing this because I'm going to forget somebody. I know I am. Um, Lauren Hart in Philadelphia is outstanding. She, uh, I love it when I'm there, and she does God Bless America. Mm-hmm. It's a, she does an amazing job with it. Um, the girl in Toronto is amazing. She's got an amazing voice. Um, she's, she's terrific as well. Um, trying to think. Usually L.A. is, is very good. I mean, they've got a... Got, um, he is a door or something, of, right? I think. Yeah, she, yeah. she used to do it all the time. But okay. now, they, you know, I mean, they rotate, yep. you know, through. Um, Nashville is always good. I mean, you're, you're also cheating there. You've got... Sure, yeah. You know, you've got an endless supply of musicians that are um, that are, are ready to go. When I played, I you know the anthem in Montreal was always amazing. Don't like, say just yeah, it was amazing. Don't say Renee. Um, don't say Renee. I know he doesn't do it anymore, but don't say Renee. I would never say that. <laughs> okay, good. We used to yell at him when I was playing <laughs> to hurry up. Right. And that was in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> and drop so the it didn't fi- get any faster over the years. And drop the fist pumps. Nobody cares. Yeah, um, and but I would say the best as I'm, I'm just looking through the teams. But yeah, you know when the games are big, nobody does it like Jim Cornelson in in Chicago. Yeah, but, yeah. You know that that anthem is a. It's almost like a, it's almost like the the preamble, like a, mm-hmm. a concert before the game. And no, and and again, uh, both of us being Canadians, but me living in the U.S., I, I go to these stadiums every week and I hear the anthems. And nobody does anthems like Americans. <laughs> they they, yes. they like the anthems for sure. Y- you know, yes, they do. And when you're playing, uh-huh. you want it to be moved along, right? Whatever right. it is, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. move it along. <laughs> Let's get going, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. That's been another edition of the Paul Pocky Podcast. Anything else, Ray? No, I don't think okay. so. I mean, it's. Um, it's kind of the middle of the season. There's always a a little bit of a a drag on the year right now. Um, but these are important points that you can um, – teams that can get hot now can jump some teams that are asleep. Mm-hmm. And that's um, – that's what the critical points are at this at this stage of the season. Yeah, the Habs can jump my Leafs. 
Right. And so part of that is that Montreal has played well and Toronto's fallen asleep here. Yeah. And that that's what I'm that that's what I'm saying is like yeah. this is the time of the year where that can be you know, that can be real critical. Absolutely. Uh, well, cool. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, always fun to uh, to talk to Ray and get his take on everything, all things hockey. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to uh, to dive into it some more. Ray, uh, you got some NBC Sports games coming up, so that's going to be a little different for you. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man, thanks. You betcha. We, um, we'll be at it in um, – I get games in uh, Edmonton next week and in Toronto, Washington and Toronto next Wednesday. So, um yeah, we'll um, we'll stay busy and we'll get back to it next week. Cool. Thanks, Ray. Awesome. Have a great week.